0: if you'd like to watch our live stream services or learn more about our congregation, I invite you to visit us at centralsynagogue.org. We hope you enjoy this week's sermon.
1: And raise me up to a world safe from the storm. In the shelter of your
2: shadow. Here we are. We made it. So much has happened during this past year, and today we have arrived at the start of a new one. I wanted to begin my word today with a joke, something light, maybe about the New York Mets. I love the Mets. But this is not a time for levity. This is the moment to take stock with what has happened during the past year and prepare to enter the new one. They say that everyone we meet is fighting a battle we know nothing about. Cheryl Sandberg gave me a glimpse into her battle when she wrote about the sudden loss of her husband Dave. His death left her and her two children, ages seven and nine, in shock. She spoke of what happened at the cemetery, saying, when we arrived there, my children got out of the car and fell to the ground, weeping, unable to move. I told them this is the second worst moment of our lives. We have lived through the first, your father's death, and we will live through this. It can only get better from here." Then, spontaneously, she started singing a song she remembered from her childhood, a version of Ose Shalom. Soon, everyone at the gravesite joined in. Her children followed, and their wailing stopped. Everyone we meet is fighting a battle we know nothing about, caring for a sick parent or spouse, navigating a crisis at work, enduring one's own adolescence, enduring our child's adolescence, moving forward after a divorce, struggling with a career change, managing chronic pain. Maybe we're stunned by the polarization in our country, the increase in anti-Semitism, and the suffering we see in our world. Life can be difficult, at times brutal. As we face life's inevitable challenges, we need resilience. Psychologist Adam Grant describes resilience as the strength and the speed of our response to adversity, our ability to bounce back. It isn't about having a backbone. It's about strengthening the muscles around our backbone. It's the human spirit to persevere. Now, in principle, I'm a big fan of resilience. It's an easy concept to grasp, but much harder for me to put into practice. So I was happy to learn that experts Agree, resilience is an emotional muscle that can be bolstered, that we can increase our ability to bounce back. Physicians and researchers Stephen Southwick and Dennis Charney from Yale and New York City's own Mount Sinai Medical School offer three strategies to help us build our resilience. We need to face reality, cultivate hope, and build community. What does it mean to confront reality? The first question in the Torah asks Adam to do just this. Adam has gone against God's wishes and tasted the fruit from the tree of knowledge. God asks Adam, Ayeka. Hebrew 4, where, where are you right now? God knows that Adam has tasted the fruit. God knows Adam is literally hiding behind the tree as if Adam could escape from being seen. But still, God asks Ayaka, where are you? What are you hiding from? What is your reality? On Rosh Hashanah, our charge is to ask ourselves these same questions. So in preparation for the new year, I've been examining myself, my habits, my behaviors, my emotions, what's been affecting me deeply? Here's one of my answers. This year, I suffered a terrible loss. In May, my friend Rabbi Aaron Pankin died in a plane crash, and his death has unsteadied me. Aaron held a unique place in my head and my heart. He was my camp counselor, my rabbinic mentor, and my confidant. He installed me as a rabbi right here on this bima and for this and many other reasons, I would not be standing here without him. I haven't haven't fully processed his loss and still have moments when I reach out to call him on the phone. My world has shifted and I need to acknowledge it. This is my reality. I am actively mourning my friend. What realities are you facing at the start of this new year? As we face these realities, how do we stay positive? How do we cultivate hope? Our member, Brett Parker, shows us how it's done. At the age of 38, he was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. In the face of that reality, Brett made the choice to live his life according to an affirmation which, I'll make it synagogue-friendly, It's to do epic stuff. One example. This past February, Brett raised $200,000 to help find a cure for Parkinson's. He raised this money by running seven marathons in seven days on seven continents. On the third day of this intense adventure, multiple blisters erupted on the bottom of Brett's left foot. He told me I had no business running. But with a clear mission before him and some protective bandages, Brett continued in pain and undeterred. Brett says, part of my life's philosophy is not letting the disease hold me back. I don't use it as an excuse. I use it as a reason to push myself even more. Brett, you embody what it means to be a realistic optimist. You assess obstacles, focus on finding solutions, reframe the negative, and embrace the positive. Rabbi Jonathan Sachs teaches that to be a Jew is to be an agent of hope in a world constantly threatened by despair. Every ritual, every mitzvah, every page of the Jewish story, every element of Jewish law is a protest against escapism, resignation, and the acceptance of destiny. When circumstances circumstances in our life work out for the best or not, we sometimes say it was beshert, Yiddish for meant to be. The fact is, though, that our tradition doesn't Promote blind optimism. Judaism does not put faith in fate or fortune. Instead, we are commanded each day to get up, affirm life, and take responsibility for our share of constructing the world as it should be. What chutzpah we Jews have? Throughout the millennia, we have continued to remain positive positive even when our faith in humanity and our faith in God has been surely tested. I'm reminded of Hugo Grin of blessed memory, who was one of England's most adored rabbis. When he was a child, he and his father were forced into Auschwitz. One Hanukkah, his father improvised and and somehow crafted a menorah. His dad used his valuable margarine ration to light the wick for the first night. Young Hugo protested, Dad, how, how can you use what little food we have to observe this holiday? His father replied, You can live three days without water. You can live three weeks without food. But you cannot live three minutes without hope faced with the most horrific reality, this father and son managed to create light in the darkest place on earth. They did this together. They had each other. We have each other. We are not alone. Building community is what we do here at Central. We strive to be a place of true connection it's an honor to serve as one of your rabbis. You continually teach me how to live, manage trials, find our way to an equilibrium, and, and move forward. You have also taught me that sometimes the greatest act of courage is simply to get out of bed in the morning. Mishnah states, "Aselacha, rav, Find yourself a teacher and acquire for yourself a friend. Good advice for life, even better advice when you're a member of a shul. Whether we are at services, in a class, or volunteering, wherever we assemble, we can take the opportunity to find teachers and foster friendships. We know relationships take work, and we know we flourish when we have one-on-one time with each other. The Torah notes on multiple occasions that God was energized by time with individuals, specifically with Moses. Yes, even in our tradition, God needs quality FaceTime. And so do we. We are more likely to weather challenges when we have durable social support in our lives. I know that some of us feel isolated. It can be difficult to establish friendships when we are lonely. Experience has shown it is possible to to develop a new cohort. I encourage you to engage with our many programs here at Central or with one of us clergy or staff. We will help you find your group, your class, your Hevra, your friends. There is a buoyancy that comes with being in community. This May, one of our members, Walter Loeb, was the victim of a hit and run. Walter was left with his hip broken in three places. He entered a rehabilitation facility on the east side. Now, Walter is a member of one of our Central Synagogue wise aging groups that Howard Sharfstein just spoke of. When his wise aging comrades learned of his predicament, they chose to convene around Walter's bedside for their June meeting. I heard the room was packed, that the rehabilitation facility food was was terrible, and that it was the best gathering they ever had. In recent years, it's become more important than ever to build our resilience. Some of us have found ourselves in an ideological conflict with a family member, friend, or fellow congregant the very people who could help us strengthen our resilience have been the people we need resilience to stay connected to. One cartoon entitled Thanksgiving Dinner, Avoid Conflict at All Costs, detailed how to cover one's eyes and one's ears by placing an entire turkey on one's head. To be clear, I do not recommending, recommend you try this at lunch later today. It's just too messy. Our nation has been tested before, but this is the first time we citizens are being bombarded by unrelenting waves of news and opinions crashing into our daily lives. With regard to our beloved Israel, a strong and diverse response to events there has strained many relationships. We must not let these arguments tear us apart. I have family members with whom I struggle to stay close. I've come to realize that even if we disagree, we still need each other. When I learned that Antonin Scalia and Ruth Bader Ginsburg had forged a long and meaningful friendship, well, I was motivated to double my efforts with my mishpacha. We can disagree with each other and still love each other. Central Synagogue is a place where people with different points of view come together to pray, learn, express diverse opinions, and experience our shared humanity. Shared humanity, it's not a slogan, it's an action. It's at the core of the commandment to love your neighbor as yourself. It's who we are, it's what our tradition demands, it's what we do. It's crucial that we recognize and tend to the ties that bind us. We need each other. Our country and Israel needs us. Our tradition wisely reminds us that when we take care of each other, we stay connected. As we reflect upon our priorities for this new Jewish year, remember the Elu Devarim prayer from this morning's liturgy. It directs us, to visit our friends and family and neighbors when they are ill and in need of help, to attend funerals and shivas and all the weddings we are invited to, even if they are out of town, especially if they're out of town, even if they're in New Jersey. (laughs) It's in the room. (laughs) In short, show up for people, because when we show up for each other and keep showing up, we nurture our friendships and community. We nurture resilience in ourselves and in those we know and love. I once asked a class full of adult congregants this question. How does the Torah end? A brave person raised their hand and answered, "Um, happily ever after? It was a good attempt, but no, our most sacred book does not resolve with everyone living happily ever after. So how does the Torah end? With resilience. Moses and Israel are in the wilderness, on the border of the Promised Land. God restates that Moses is not going into Israel even after Moses has led the Israelites for 40 years. But Moses is not dismayed. Moses doesn't fixate on what he hasn't achieved. He doesn't look back and bemoan his losses. Moses stays in the present and does his best to clarify from all he has learned. He focuses on the possibilities ahead and celebrates the extraordinary bond he has with his people and with his God. These last verses described Moses' eyes as undimmed and his vigor unabated. He is resilient. So here we are, heading into this new year with the chapters of our book's unfolding. Like Moses, may our eyes shine with promise and our spirits reverberate with resilience. Shana Tova.
1: I'm so
0: Thank you for listening to this edition of Central Synagogue's podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you're in the loop on future episodes. And please follow us on social media or watch our live stream at centralsynagogue.org, our Facebook page, or on national cable at the Jewish Broadcasting Service. Thanks again for joining us.